On today's episode of the podcast, I am feeling really good. I talk about finding my way back to my yoga practice postpartum and what it feels like to start to experience my body as my own again. I share a bit of the work that I'm doing to connect back to my core and how putting myself back together in that physical sense really translate to feeling put together and anchored energetically and emotionally as well. I think this is a really good episode to listen to if you've moved through a period of stagnation in your life, if you've been through something challenging, you felt low, you felt disconnected from your body. It doesn't just resonate postpartum, but for all sorts of seasons in our lives. So let's connect back to our center and find our way back home again. Yeah. Sometimes in life, skepticism can serve you well. It can save you money, keep you from wasting a day at a timeshare presentation, and help you avoid spreading gossip. To be honest, when I am faced with a new scenario, I usually tend to be a skeptic until something proves me wrong. And if you're like me, you can probably spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away and read labels like it's your job. That's where ritual comes in. They know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. Their clinically backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has high quality, traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. Take two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption and you'll get nine key nutrients. Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. On top of that, Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I take my vitamins every morning with breakfast. It's part of my daily ritual and I feel so good doing it. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. Let's dive in. All right, my friends. Hello, hello. It's that time of the week again. We have a brand new episode of From the Heart with Rachel Brayton here for you. And I'm sitting here in my sacred little podcast corner, just smiling right now. You can probably hear it by the, by the sound of my voice. I'm feeling really grateful and very energized today, which is definitely a welcome shift <laughs> compared to how I've felt over the past couple of weeks. And uh, I just did my little pre-podcast ritual. So every single time, whenever I record, I do it I do it mainly for the main show. So this show that you're listening to now, as most of you know, I have a daily podcast as well called The Daily Practice, which is just a five-minute episode every single day. And I don't do this ritual every for every short episode, but for this main one, the big one, I do it every single time where I clean the space I'm in. Just, I like to air out the room. I feel like whenever we want to shift our energy, which is so important if we're working from home, I think we all learned that in the pandemic, how easy it is when we're working in the same space that we're living in for those lines to blur. And it's really hard to have that clear delineation between work and personal time. And I find bringing fresh air, literally inviting the elements into the space that you're in. So fresh air can go such a long way. So I do that, especially now since I'm, I'm recording in the bedroom and I feel like I spend more time in the bedroom than I normally do now that we have a baby and uh, just awake a lot at night, like I'm much more present here in this room than I normally am. So opening up the door to the balcony and just making some space for some fresh air in here feels really good. And uh, I make the bed. I'm not one of those people who, I would love to be one of those people who meticulously make an amazing bed every day. I mean, I'm sure you've seen them on, on Instagram and all those like decorating accounts and interior design accounts. I, I have a few I love to follow, but where they have different, there's so much fabric and there's so many pillows and cushions and throws and it all looks so effortless and beautiful and I just cannot make that, that happen. 
If I look at my bed right now, I mean, we have nine pillows on there. One of the pillows has a dinosaur cover. <laughs> it's it's Leia's. And then I have a nursing pillow and I have a little baby nest. And it's just, yeah, it's like a, it's it's a mom and dad bed. It's like a family bed for sure. It's not an interior design bed. But the very least, I make the bed, which means I just put the cover on nicely. Like that's all. And then I light my little candle. That's something I do every time. I usually light some Palo Santo or some incense or something. And I always bring a cup of tea and some water. And I take a moment. I sit down. I close my eyes. I place my hands to my heart. I take a breath, you know, and I let myself really anchor back into the body. And doing this, sometimes this little ritual of mine, sometimes I spend 10, 15 minutes here and it becomes an opportunity to meditate, especially if I'm, if I'm really overwhelmed or if I feel distracted or I'm having a hard time, yeah, just coming home to myself. I end up having this moment of I'm recording the podcast becomes my opportunity to, to really ground and to really drop into the body. It becomes a sacred practice of self-care which is so beautiful. And I just love how these things are allowed to intersect and, and, and align, especially for me, where I spent most of my life feeling like work was something I had to do. I felt like I had so many responsibilities and people relying on me. And I had this inner narrative of I have to provide for people and support people and, you know, really perform and succeed in my life for me to be yeah, to be lovable, for me to be accepted, for me to be invited. I had to do all these things. I had a really complicated relationship with the idea of success and performance and work. And now where I feel, I just, I get to do this. I don't have to do this. I mean, I do have to work. <laughs> Obviously, we all have to work. But just reframing that in the in the space of, I get to you know, my life could be very different. You know, what if none of you listen to this show? I wouldn't be able to to do this for a living. And I get to sit down at home. I don't have to leave. I don't have to go to an office. I get to be here and I get to take a breath and light my candle and anchor into my body and have that moment of true self-care and then turn on the recorder and speak to you. I mean, holy shit, how amazing is that? And I'm so grateful I'm no longer in the space of I have to. And it is really a privilege and a blessing to get to say that I get to. And there's always going to be things that I feel, you know, that I have to do and you have to figure things out and you have to make money and you have to put food on the table and you have to pay your bills and you have to. There's always going to be have to, but wherever we can reframe into the I get to, knowing that my situation, all of our situations could be radically different, could be much more challenging could be something that, you know, I could be doing something for work that I really, really, really don't enjoy the way it is for so many people out there. And um, bringing that gratitude back into this sacred moment of turning on that recorder and speaking to you, it's just, yeah, it feels really, really good that that's a natural response to being here. Um, so yeah, so I guess thank you for being here listening. It really changes my life every single week and I so appreciate that. Mothers deserve the absolute best. So this Mother's Day, spoil the moms in your life with little luxuries from Osea. Osea's skin and body care is the perfect way to remind all the moms, mother figures, caregivers, grandmothers, and mother-in-laws in your life to make time for themselves. If you have been looking for the perfect gift, I recommend Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil. I've been using it for years and it seems like every single time I apply it, I get compliments on my skin. This body oil is rich, but it's never greasy and it's clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity. Your skin will feel more sculpted and toned and you'll be left feeling silky, soft and glowing. Another favorite of mine is the Undaria Collagen Body Lotion. Ever since I've been using collagen, I have noticed a difference in my skin. In fact, it's never been better. Using Osea's body oil and lotion together is a mega moisture duo, giving you a full body glow. Osea's products are infused with their signature Andaria seaweed, but it's also clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Really just a perfect gift for yourself, the moms in your life, and even the planet. 
Spoil the moms in your life with clean vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code YOGA at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. We are arriving at a place where I kind of feel like we're, I don't want to say we're out of the woods because that I, I, don't, I don't know if that's true, <laughs> but we're getting to a place with Finn now where things are just a little bit easier and also harder. I don't know. It's, it's, we've had a hard couple of days. He's just in a space right now where he cries a lot. Um, and I don't know. I don't know. Like he will take a really great long nap and wake up pissed, <laughs> just pissed. <laughs> I don't know. And I kind of remember like with Leia, she would take a long nap. And then even when she was very little, she would kind of wake up and she would open her eyes and she would look at you. And she'd be like, Hey, you know, and if she was hungry, then she would complain. And if she wanted something, of course she would cry. Like all babies cry. But Finn, these past couple of days, like that window of awake, alert kind of happiness is really short. <laughs> It just is. And it could be that he's in a growth spurt or he's just a little extra fuzzy right now for whatever reason. He could have a tummy ache. Like I can go round and round. I don't know. I really don't know. I don't think it's his tummy anymore because it's a very different cry. Like he's not acting physically the way he was a couple of weeks ago when he, he definitely had some tummy aches. He's not acting like that anymore. And it's a different kind of cry. It's not a cry out of despair, which anyone who's had a newborn with tummy pain you know, that, that sound like that is just, it's just the most awful thing to hear makes every hair on your entire body stand up and you would just do anything to make your baby comfortable. Like anything you would <laughs> walk through fire. If you could make that discomfort go away, like that cry is just so awful. And right now he's not crying like that. He's more crying at like, ah, uh, I don't like it here. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong, but something's not great. Like he's just, I don't know. He has a little bit of attitude with his cry these past couple of days. And it just means that it's all hands on deck all the time. You know, when he sleeps, it's really quiet. When he eats, he's really quiet. And he has like a short window of just where we can play and we do tummy time. And, you know, he's starting to really, he really smiles now. We're even getting little moments of laughter. Like he's just so so sweet. Like he's, I love him so much. I could cry talking about my baby. Yeah. <laughs> Such a cliche. And then he's just had it. I don't know. Like we get 30 minutes or four. Yeah. Sometimes an hour, max, max an hour. And he's so little, I guess it's normal, but yeah. And then he just goes from zero to 100 of fuck this shit. <laughs> I'm not happy anymore. And he just screams. So for me and Dennis, we're really taking turns. Like, I'm so happy he's home now. I really, really, really am so happy he's home. And it's also Leia hasn't started school yet, but everyone's kind of going back to work and summer feels like it's kind of over. And it's just, you know, taking care of her while the baby's just screaming. It's, it's really hard. So in one way, the past few days have just been more challenging, but at the same time, I feel like we have way more of a routine now. I know at night when he gets tired, he actually goes to bed and he sleeps at night. Like that's badass. That's so amazing. I have him kind of figured out, like I know his cues. I know what tired means before he gets too tired. I know what hungry means before he gets too hungry. Like I can read his cues and the sounds of his cries and I'm more relaxed, definitely more relaxed now. So I feel like I also know every single week he, as he, you know, gets older and older, things get easier because it, they just do. Oh my God. When they're little and they're just, Dennis calls it the potato face. <laughs> I don't know why, why the word potato, but have you ever like seen kind of like a newborn kind of half sit in someone's lap and all their chins just like go up into their ears and their neck disappears and their shoulders and they just kind of look like like a potato. <laughs> Is that an awful thing to say about your child? I say it with love. Like he's, he was the, he's been the cutest potato of all time, but it's gone so far that Dennis calls him tater. <laughs> and sometimes he calls him plop because he just says he just looks ploppy. And I mean, that's really the first weeks where they don't really, 
you know, they're not lifting their heads. They're not interacting with you yet. They don't have, it's just different. They're kind of like a little potato, potato, potato time. <laughs> and now, you know, he turns eight weeks this weekend, this Sunday. And yeah, his face is open. You know, he talks to us like we interact. He really follows you as you move about the room. He makes really cute sounds and noises and he smiles, which is like the most welcome thing of all time. There's just a lot of, yeah, he's no longer a potato. <laughs> There's going to be someone on Instagram that gets very upset that I called my baby a potato. Okay. I'm, I mean it with love. Okay. You don't have to, don't come at me because, <laughs> because of the potato nets. Okay. You, you guys know what I mean. It's potato time. But yeah, so I feel in that sense, just things are, yeah, they are getting easier. And I guess I think what, what's really shifted is I, Maybe more so, actually, now that I think about it. Probably it's not that the baby has more of a routine because he doesn't... It's not like he sleeps at the same time throughout the day or... No, we don't have that. I think it. when I say routine, I mean more I can anticipate his needs much better now. And he can communicate them probably a little bit better too. Um, now that he's out of potato land. But what, what what we actually have is that I have a better routine. That's what's happening, probably. So I have really committed to being on the mat, on my yoga mat, every single day. And I've really been okay with, as long as I get there, it's fine. It, I have no expectation of what has to happen on the mat or how much time I have to spend there, just as long as I get there. And I feel really appreciative of Dennis, like he's really understanding the importance of that and reminding me to get to my mat and really taking the baby and saying, okay, go um so yeah a couple hours ago we had a window he fell asleep he sleeps really well in the carrier and he sleeps equally well with me and Dennis which is so 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 great and uh and Dennis had him and I said oh you know I should probably go record the podcast like I I just want to get to the podcast early we don't know what the rest of the day is going to be it feels like when I have a window it should go to the podcast because this is a non-negotiable like I need to I need to to send the podcast into the producers today. Like it's Thursday today. It comes out tomorrow. It's my last, yeah, last window to record. And Dennis goes, no, go move, like go to your mat, prioritize that. And we will find a window for the pod. Like, don't, like, you know, don't, don't deprioritize yourself. Just go, go move, go move right now. And he said, don't worry. Like, well, I'll, 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 I'll get you your window for the pod. Don't worry. And that's so, I don't know, I feel it's such a sweet thing to do. And I really appreciate that he sees that need for me and that he helps me take care of that need. Because it is really easy to go, okay, well, what are the things I need to do? I have a long list of things I need to get to. And I'm constantly carrying the baby, nursing the baby, holding the baby, bouncing the baby, like we're attached all day. He's attached to one of us all day. So as soon as you get a window or he's with Dennis, I'm like, oh my God, I have things to do in the garden. I have to feed Leia. I also want to make sure that Leia has a fun time. I don't want her to just be fed. You know, like that's that's not parenting for me. Yeah, I want to make sure she has a great day and kind of optimize her <laughs> her side of things, which is different. Like Dennis, he, he told me the other day, like we had a really rainy day. Baby was not happy. I, yeah, we were kind of like fussy with each other, snapping at each other a little bit. You know how that happens when you're tired. And yeah, it was just not a good day. And it's pouring rain and Leia has neighbors around that she can play with, but they were away. And it was just, oh, and I was so stressed. I'm like, okay, I need to, I need to, we, we need to go buy some new like arts and crafts stuff stuff or we need some new paint we're out of that we need that I need to google like what are some fun exciting things we can do for Leia for her to stay really activated and creative and you know and then it's just like put on the tv and I'm like no like we're not that is not that is not what we're doing we're not that family we're not just gonna keep the tv on all day and that's how we distract our kid and he's like dude some days we just need to survive like you can't remain in the state of wanting to optimize all the time. Like some days are just for getting by. Today is that day. Put on the TV, turn on the TV. And I was like, okay. And we turned on the TV and it was fine. Like she watched TV for a couple of hours in the middle of the day. Like she never does that. 
And then on her own, she got bored of the TV and then she found something to do. And then she found like an old box of like beads and string and she started making bracelets. And it was like, it was totally fine. It was not the end of the world, but it really is like Dennis is much better at cutting ourselves slack and like we don't have to be perfect at all the stuff all the time. And yeah, there are seasons in your life where you just need to get by and TV can be self-care, like a device can be self-care, especially if you're parenting alone, which I, yeah, I'm in continuous awe of that. But yeah, so this morning I got to get to my mat or he supported me so I could get to my mat and I'm doing that every day and some days I'm there for 10 minutes and today I got 40 minutes, 40 minutes on my mat. And I've been on the mat now every day for, I don't know, a week, maybe 10 days. I don't know how long. It feels like a while. And I'm in that space where I can, every time I get on the mat, I feel a little bit better. I can actually feel how my core, it's in there. <laughs> it's its kind of far away, <laughs> but it's in there. Like it's there. Whereas when I came to my mat the first time postpartum, I, I literally felt like I'm just like a hollow shell. Like I have, I have no core. There's no, there's no structure in there. There's no stability. There's no support. I just feel like a, like a blob basically. I just, yeah, I would get into down dog and even a down dog felt really unstable. And now I'm just moving so gently. I'm really, I really took my time. I can remember after Leia where I got back on the mat and I was like jumping into Chaturanga thinking that I got this, right? Because with Leia, my body, I I really had that, I, I really despise the word snap back or bounce back, like those things. We need to just erase that from our vocabulary. But for me, I mean, I was 28 years old. I had a really different lifestyle. I was a lot lighter then. I'm overall heavier pre-pregnancy now than I was then. And I was just, yeah, I was on my mat for an hour and a half at least every day doing crazy handstands and tons of core work and I taught so much like I was just much more active than I am this season of my life even before pregnancy I was just taking it a lot easier I don't know I've just relaxed more like Dennis and I went to the gym and and I would do I would practice but mainly gentle practices I would not I can't remember the last time I was like, you know, doing chaturanga after chaturanga on my mat at home. No, no, my practice looks so different now. And a run here and there, but I wasn't as active. So anyway, of course, it's different every pregnancy and every season in our lives. And it also doesn't matter, right? That's so important. The only thing that matters is how we feel. The only thing that matters is how we feel, how supported we are, how well we can nourish ourselves, how much we get to rest. But with Leia, I think, I don't know, a week after I gave birth, I kind of looked almost what I looked like before. I look at pictures of myself and I posted a picture to Instagram, like 10 days postpartum, feeling really brave because <laughs> I had this like little belly, you know, like a skinny 28 year old with barely a hint of like a postpartum belly. And I felt really brave that I posted that and just let my belly be what it was. And I look at that now and I'm like, oh, oh, Rachel. <laughs> That's kind of what I looked like pre-pregnancy now. That's so cute. <laughs> you were really brave. It was a brave thing then. And now, you know, it's just, it's different. So I, but I remember that getting on my mat, feeling good, feeling strong, taking a breath in mountain pose, exhaling, and then taking a moment there to ground my palms to the earth. And jumping back to Chaturanga, thinking I was going to hold that. <laughs> and I just face planted. Like I just, my whole body went boom <laughs> to the floor. And I was in such shock. I was like, what? What happened? But it's so insane that I thought that I could just go back to doing that. Because literally our abs, like our whole entire abdominals just separate to make space for an entire entire human being all of our inner organs get shoved up our throat like it's just it's a marvel how we're able to function <laughs> when we're pregnant and then just because you've birthed the baby doesn't mean that everything just goes back to what it was no even if you look similar to what you did pre-pregnancy a few weeks later 
you're not the same. You're not what, what it was before. It takes a long time for the body to recover. And even when the body has recovered, it's not what it was before. It's never going to be. We're always going to be. We're postpartum for the rest of our lives. It's not six weeks and then we're, you know, back to whatever. No, we're postpartum for the rest of our lives. And this time around, I was really mindful of that. And okay, I'm not going to, yeah, I'm not going to think that I'm going to do all this kind of stuff that my body isn't ready for. So I've just taken it so gentle, so gently. And from having so many months of not moving my body, it wasn't just that, okay, I haven't moved now for these weeks. The baby is eight weeks old and I haven't moved for eight weeks. No, I mean, I think I, I really stopped. I stopped going to the gym. I don't know, five months pregnant, I think. Four, maybe. Five, no, five, I think. Because I got, I, I started having so much pain in my pelvis and in my pubic bone. And and I just basically, yeah, for the last months of pregnancy, I barely moved. And I had so much pain and I was moving so slowly. And it's been literally months since I was doing anything. I really, really, really have not been moving my body. Barely been stretching. I mean, I haven't done anything. So when I came to my mat for the first time, postpartum this time, just to find, I mean, the idea of finding a down dog wasn't really there. That felt way too much. So just to very gently lie on my back, which kind of hurt my pelvis a little bit still, and just breathe there with my hands to my belly, just to lie flat on the floor. Like that was a, that felt like a big deal. And then I've gone from there to just super, super gentle, gentle stretches, very gentle, you know, starting in a cat and cow, child's pose felt too intense just to spread my legs that much, you know, early postpartum, very soft seated things you know I've, I've been doing some just some shoulder and neck work for to help ease the tension in my upper back and then little by little I've just added on where every day I go a little bit further every day I find a pose and I linger a little bit longer and and also I've been doing lots of pelvic floor work yeah I should have led with that because that's really what I started with before I did anything else just to find that engagement again which for me feels, it's been really hard. I, I really have to say, I feel like my pelvic floor has never been weaker. But that, that connection, you know, pelvic floor to core, because they're connected, supposed to be connected. I feel like I don't have it at all. It's like there's a disconnect there completely. And finding my core back, <laughs> it's just been, I don't know if I said, did I say this in my postpartum episode that I released a couple of weeks ago? So I have done some body work with a postpartum specialist or like a pregnancy physiotherapist that specializes in pregnancy and postpartum time. And he was checking to see if I had the abdominal separation, like how bad, how, not how bad, but how, how wide is it? And, and was explaining to me that it's not just about the width. We think that when it comes to the abdominal separation, that we don't want it to be too wide. And it's all about that. But he said, it's actually about the depth so the layers of the tissue, the layers of the core. So you're supposed to have about half a centimeter. Uh, if, if you press down like right around your diaphragm, like right between your ribs, when you're lying on the floor and you lift your head, so you have a little bit of engagement, you're, it's supposed to be half a centimeter before you feel uh, the next layer of your core. And he said, once you've, after you've given birth, that's kind of gone. So you, it might be like a few centimeters down that you feel kind of the, the foundation there. And then as things merge back together, you take your time, you build your strength back up. It's like little by little, it comes back, right? You might have a little bit more depth there, but it, it, it will come back. And he was checking my separation. I said, oh, but this is nothing. This is totally normal. If you would come to me in two years from now and you still have the same separation, that would not be normal. But for, I think he was here when I was two weeks postpartum or something, very, very early, three weeks maybe. He said, okay, let's check your depth now, you know, for your core. Like, where is your, <laughs> where's the foundation of your, of your core, your deep core muscles? And he put his fingers there, like right between my ribs, a little bit lower, like above the belly button. And... And, and he just, he, he, like, he like basically touched my spine. <laughs> it, I mean, it wasn't painful. He was like, oh, oh, it's, so this is bottomless. <laughs> and I'm like, bottomless? 
yeah, but don't worry. That's it's also very normal. But I, I, he wasn't expecting that. I could tell he was like, oh, this is a. Uh, your core is really far, far, far gone here. Like bottomless. He used that word. I'm like, I don't think you should use the word bottomless when you're dealing with postpartum women. He's like, sorry, sorry, sorry. I didn't, I don't mean bottomless. I just mean this is gonna, you're you're gonna feel the connection here again immediately. As soon as you start moving, as soon as you start engaging again, which you don't have to do yet. It's so early. It's gonna happen so fast. Don't you worry. And I called my best friend afterwards. I'm like, my core is bottomless. <laughs> my abdominal separation is bottomless like that feels like such a dooms doomsday word and we were laughing at it because I also I don't feel worried about it but I, I did have that I did have the bottomless feeling which is really bizarre where the first weeks when Finn was born to sit up at night to nurse him it's like I couldn't get there like I wanted one of those you know you know in hospitals they have those little handles in the hospital beds to help where people can grab the handle to help sit up. I was making jokes with Dennis. I'm like, I need that handle because I can't sit up from lying down to nurse Finn. Like, it's really crazy. I, I feel like I, there's nothing there. I don't know who resonates with this or if I'm, what I'm experiencing is very extreme. I know it's normal, but I really had that weird, weird feeling. And then he just confirmed it by saying, yeah, it's bottomless. Like, your core is just not there. <laughs> So they're so far gone. But so anyway, I've been on the mat now just to get to a down dog felt so amazing. And I've been just, you know, engaging my pelvic floor and making that connection back with my core, lying down, lying on my side, sitting up very, very gently, not squeezing and doing kegels and stuff, just finding that connection back in different shapes and forms. And then utilizing that and returning to that in my practice. So when I was able to go from all my hands and knees to just tuck my toes and come back into a down dog and feel like I had a bit of core connection there to hold me was amazing. And I was also just kind of in awe of how how rough this has been on my body. And I wish I could sit here and, you know, be like, yeah, well, I'm in such good shape and I take such good care of myself and I'm a yoga teacher and I have years and years of education and practice doing this and I know so much and I, you know, take such good care of myself. But this was rough. Like it was, this recovery for me has not been easy. And there's no such thing as a bounce back or a snap back. I've really had to take my time and be so patient and go so gently with myself. And it was so absolutely needed. Like there's no other option. And I really felt that. And being in that first down dog, also having not moved in so long, you know, kind of having that feeling like every muscle in your body just aches. You know, it's like you've been lying in bed for weeks and weeks. Of course, every part of your body starts to get tight and tense. It feels so, it feels so big to be in a down dog. And I've been on my mat just kind of crying. <laughs> Of course, I mean, I, I cry a lot all the time, but especially on my mat in gratitude of this body. I haven't felt sort of, you know, I haven't felt like anything has been wrong with my body. I've felt like, whoa, this was rough. This was a lot. I need time. I'm going to need to really work, actually, really be mindful and pay attention to myself and to this body to, to regain strength and to start feeling good again. And it's a lot. But I've been just so grateful that this body could could do all of this for me and hold all of this for me and that it's asking for me to go so easy and be so gentle and that I can actually listen to that. So every day when I get back to the mat, I've done a little bit of that core work and that core connection just softly, softly. And now I'm in a place where I can hold a plank, <laughs> I can hold plank pose. I'm doing um, like a quadruped to down dog, very, very gentle. So hands and knees, hips over knees, shoulders over wrists, where I tuck my toes and I find that pelvic floor and core engagement. And then I very slowly lift my knees off the floor and take my time to press back to a down dog. And then I take a breath, I kind of reorganize a little bit, and then I engage again. And then I very, very, very slowly lower back to tabletop where I let my knees sort of hover above the mat just a little bit for that deep core connection. And this for me is something that 
pre-pregnancy, I mean, I, I would do this a hundred times in a regular practice, not even thinking about the fact that this requires core engagement. I've always had that stability and solidity inside. I wouldn't have to think about that. And now this minor transition has really become a center of the core work that I'm doing. And it feels really big that I can pause there and really hold that gentle engagement and feel without overdoing it, without it feeling like I'm not doing any core work. It's not like I'm here doing sit-ups and doing crazy stuff that I should not be doing. No, no. I'm just finding my stability again, basically. And today was the first day where I got to my mat and I really felt like, okay, I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna turn different music on today. So every day I come to the mat and I have this very gentle, soft playlist. It's kind of the same playlist I would use to drink, to sit in ritual with tea or to meditate. Just very soft and gentle and loving, loving, you know, super, super easy going. And today I was like, no, let's go. <laughs> And I put on a playlist. I have it on my Spotify. If you search Yoga Girl on Spotify, you can follow me there. This It's a playlist called Dance. And it's, I don't know, a year old, maybe. I don't, I haven't listened to it in a long time. And it's also a playlist I use for runs. I used to go running too, because it's just really good. It's a great playlist. It's like very, very good. And I turned that on and my whole body went, yes, let's move. And I got to spend 40 minutes on my mat. I was dancing. I did 10 sun salutations in a row, which I haven't done since pre-pregnancy, um, really was able to feel that integration inside and had just the best practice. It was the best practice. I I was on a high. I mean, such a high. And then when I was done, I laid on the floor and I just picked up my head and I found, found that engagement again and I put my fingers between my ribs. Okay, let's let's check my bottomlessness. <laughs> and it's not bottomless anymore. <laughs> it's actually like he was so right and that it just takes a little bit of integration here and you're going to find that back and I can feel those layers of my core connecting back again so there was no reason to feel any kind of hopelessness or despair or anything my body just needs the attention and the presence and um, anyone listening I'm of course talking about the postpartum time now because that's what applies to me but I really think this goes for the return to a practice from anything, whether you're returning from just a hiatus, um, if you haven't moved your body just because you you lost it or you stopped for whatever reason, or you've been injured or you've been ill or you've been going through something emotionally very challenging or just been in that season where you've lost that connection to movement. And um, to find your way back, you don't have to go to the, which I think so many of us do, okay, I'm going to go to the gym now five days a week, or I'm going to run X amount of times a week, or I'm going to do this every day. I'm going to get back to, you know, working out or moving or that we throw ourselves back into something really intense, like it's black or white, it's on or off. We're oftentimes, you know, whatever we've come out of, if we're coming out of a different kind of energy, like a slow moving time, or a healing time, perhaps, or a depressed time, or a low time, like whatever it is that made us move less, I think our bodies deserve that kind of gentle transition back to movement, where we, most of all, more important than what we're doing is that we listen, that we actually move slowly enough and gently enough and with enough patience that we can hear what the body says. When the body goes, oh, no, not this way. But yes, yes, over here, you know, don't push that hard, but let's, let's, let's do it this way. Let's soften here. Let's pick up the pace here. Let's engage here. Let's let go here. I really think the body guides us all the time, all the time. And it's a beautiful thing to start to listen again. And I feel, I think that's why I feel so happy right now, because I really feel for the first time since pre-pregnancy like I'm starting to reconnect to my body. And it's always been my body. I'm always living in my body. But when we are pregnant and when we're giving birth, we're sharing that body, right? We're giving a lot of that body away. We're holding space and completely housing and building from scratch a human being inside of ourselves. So it's not just our body, right? We're, we're, we're giving so much of that to someone else. 
and it's beautiful. And I love being pregnant. And I, I really, there, you, you, there's something about pregnancy that you just, you can't mimic that in any other area of your life. There's something so, so, so miraculous about it. And at the same time now, I feel really good just having my body to myself, which I don't even. I mean, I'm nursing this baby pretty much every other hour. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're, we're sleeping on top of each other and he's, a, he's, he's an extension of me and he's going to be for a long time ahead. So it's not like, oh, I have my body to myself. But in a way, I feel like I'm able to come home to myself more reclaim, I think, through my yoga practice and through finding that internal connection again, just reclaim a little bit of my my sense of self, um, which has been a while since I felt that, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, a while. And it's funny how, yeah, how important that is. I think I've I've lost sight of that a little bit. Just living out here in the woods on the countryside, I'm not seeing anyone. I'm barely getting dressed in the day. You know, I wear like moo-moos <laughs> and I wear my robe a lot. I haven't put on makeup in months. I mean, truly, I barely brush my hair. I don't really look in the mirror. You know, it's like you, yeah. And, and a lot of us, this is the postpartum time. Some people do it differently where, yeah, you, you wake up and you kind of return to yourself from before. And maybe you live in a city and you're out and about and you're meeting people. I'm not doing that. So I really feel it was a long time ago. I felt it's been a long time since I felt strong and it's been a long time since I felt put together. I guess that's a good word. I don't want to use the word pretty or beautiful because I have felt more beautiful, I think, in pregnancy and postpartum than I have in a long time, but felt put together. Like that's a nice feeling. And I think especially when it comes to our core, which is so specific to 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 life postpartum, our core it has a very physiological purpose, right? Without our core, we literally wouldn't be able to stand up. It holds our entire body, supports our spine, our internal organs. I mean, it's it's the center of our everything anatomically. Um, but energetically and emotionally, it's our sense of self sits there, right? Our intuition, that gut feeling of our knowing is there in our core. Our inner power is there. I mean, there's, it's the energetic center of so much. It's our seat of creation in our womb. I mean, we have such a whole universe resides in the center and the seat of the core, so then imagine putting that aside or expanding that enough to hold a baby, to hold a person. We have to put that sense of self away, right? To become selfless enough to, to give it all away to someone else. It's part of that cycle. It's supposed to happen that way. And I think it's also a reason why so many of us, we feel lost in the newborn time. We lose ourselves a bit. And we lose our core and <laughs> we give so much of ourselves away and then we feel a little bit lost or a lot lost. And we long for that sense of purpose and that sense of belonging. And we want that inner strength and we want that connection back to ourselves again. And I think it's, it's beautiful how that happens at the same time. It's like we knit our core back together anatomically and we also find that sense of self as we put ourselves together again. And that, that sense of empowerment and strength. And yeah, there's nothing that is purely physical, I think. <laughs> I really do believe that. And I know that's a really new agey thing to say. And I've always believed that a bit to, a, to an extent. But I also used to think that sometimes you just like hurt yourself and it doesn't mean anything. Or sometimes you just get sick and you're just sick. Like not everything is a, you know, not everything has a great big energetic connection to something. Not everything is emotional. Not everything is spiritual. But I really do believe now that pretty much everything is spiritual. Pretty much everything is emotional. And yes, there is such a thing as just hurting ourselves or just getting sick for whatever reason. But it ties into other things. And I think it... It's a beautiful thing to anchor all of those physical responses in our body, to anchor that into, well, what was I feeling when this came about? What was I thinking about? What was I questioning? What was going on in my emotional life? 
when this thing occurred, when I got ill, when I got this injury, when I suddenly felt this pain. Everything connects. I really do. We are a whole being. We're a spiritual, energetic, emotional, physical being. And we can't just have an experience in one of those areas and not have it relate in every other way. I think it's it's worth thinking about, you know, that thing that we're dealing with when it comes to our bodies. How is that resonating with what we're feeling in our hearts? How is that resonating with what's showing up in our lives? What is manifesting around us? Because what happens on the inside is a reflection of what's happening on the outside and vice versa, right? So, yeah, I really, really am going to remain committed to my own body. And it feels good, actually, just kind of reflecting back on what I've shared so far in this in this podcast, I haven't mentioned, you might have noticed, I haven't mentioned weight a single time. I haven't mentioned, you know, the reflection in the mirror. None of this work that I'm doing relates to what someone else might think about my body. It does not relate to what a number on the scale would say about my body. It does not relate to whether or not I will ever fit into that pair of jeans in this body. You know, it's it's really not about that. And I'm doing my very best to not keep it about that, to not ever invite that. And so much of, of postpartum you know, how, how postpartum is viewed in the world and how it's talked about in the world is losing weight, is getting the body back. It's, it's, it's a bunch of bullshit that does not matter. I mean, it really, really in the big scheme of things should be, if anything, the, the thing that just automatically happens. Like if we take care of ourselves, if we're nourishing ourselves well and resting well and moving gently in ways that make sense for us, and we're finding ourselves again. If we have weight to lose, I trust that that will happen on its own. But I can't imagine moving through this really vulnerable time with that as a central objective. How could I possibly find myself in all of this and find the healing I need to find and the that beautiful connection to my baby that I need to find and the recovery and the rest and all of this important vulnerable things that are here for me to find in this time? How could I possibly get there if I'm obsessing about my weight? If I'm, if I'm thinking about myself and judging myself and looking at myself not as a person who just performed a miracle, but as someone who isn't good enough or pretty enough or thin enough. I just, I refuse to approach this time from that lens. And I really think you should too. And you might be looking at yourself from that lens, you know, not postpartum, just moving through your day-to-day life the way so much of us, so many of us do. So many of us spend so much time obsessing about what our bodies look like and how much we weigh. And and it's just a ginormous waste of fucking time. It really, really, truly is. And I'm guessing, this is just like a wild guess, but if I, probably the fact that I live in such a secluded place where I'm not really facing anyone. You know, if I was, I don't know, if I had to go to dinner parties now or um, be out and about in the world with other adults, I might suddenly have those thoughts. I might suddenly look at myself and judge myself and feel like I need to hurry things along or I should look different by now or I should, I should, you know, I, I would put all those demands on myself. Maybe because it's infectious, those thoughts. If you're in a room with a person that thinks of themselves that way, chances are you're going to start thinking of yourself that way. You know, it really is an infectious thing. Judgment and self-doubt, it, it, it spreads. It really does. And I think the fact that I'm free from that here, and I'm mostly with my husband and kids and nature. <laughs> nature doesn't judge. You know, nature just loves us as we are. It's really helpful. And that's part of what I shared in the postpartum episode, just how important it is that we make sure that we invite energy into our homes and into our lives that is actually helpful in this vulnerable time and that we we can actually set those boundaries and we have control of that in that big sense. And all of those things apply not just postpartum, but all the time. You know, if you have people in your life that make you feel bad about yourself, 
chances are maybe it's time to question why those people are in your life or when is a good time to keep them around or if there's a way to set boundaries around that so that we can really center the work that we're doing for ourselves from that place of feeling good, right? Not looking good. Like looking good is, is no. Looking good is just full of limits. Looking good is, it, there, there's no end game there. There's no, it, it's so small minded. Feeling good is, is, is so expansive. It's limitless. It's so open. It's, it's a whole life, right? Of feeling good. Looking good is just, it's like a tiny little box that's very hard to, to move out of. And, and it gets really confined and feels really tight and uncomfortable. And feeling good, there's just, when we approach life from that place, it's just so infinite. There are infinite ways to go about finding ways that make us feel good and things that make us feel good. Thinking thoughts that make us feel good and taking action that makes us feel good. It's so rewarding and so enriching to look at ourselves from that lens. And of course, feeling good usually, I mean, when we meet a person that feels really good in their skin, they usually look really good too, <laughs> regardless of weight or any of those arbitrary things, right? So yeah, I uh, can't wait to wake up tomorrow and get back to my mat. <laughs> I, uh, feel, I feel it in my heart and also in my boobs that I, I really miss my baby right now. <laughs> Which is, it's funny. I've been away from him for just like 40 something minutes and I really do, I really do miss him. I hope he's not going to cry for the rest of the day. I don't think he will, but let's see. Just, yeah, having had that time for myself on the mat today really makes me feel like it, even if today is a hard day, it's fine. It's so fine. It's so okay. So I hope whatever you are moving through that might be challenging you or if you're in that process of sort of meeting yourself again or finding your way to your own center again, I hope you feel supported in that and I hope you can find a routine in your day today that takes you where you want to be, right? And it's so important that you feel empowered enough to do that, that there are things there that are within your control and that you deserve to feel good and have a good life. I hope you have a really good rest of this day and a beautiful weekend ahead. Thank you so much for being here. I'll be back next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoy the show, make sure you listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes of From the Heart with Rachel Brayton. This was a presentation of Cadence 13 Studio, and I'll see you next week.